Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Rush Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I'm joined by Armani Buckets, just the one-two punch today. Armani Buckets, uh, we were... Um, I was contemplating staying up for the USA Jordan game. But again, we, we talked about this with the Women's World Cup. Anything that's passed in that 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. slot is just a, is, is, is a no-go for me. I know there's some people who like to go out late. You know, you like to go to maybe the club and last call. Uh, but then even then, like, are you going to be in the right state of mind to watch a basketball game? So um, did not stay up. To watch USA Jordan, uh, the final score was about what I thought it was. Um, from what you've seen, read, or heard, what did you think about the game? If it's the semifinals or the championship, I think we stay up, right? Okay, but all right. This, this kind of game, it's the third game of the group stage. U.S. had already clinched their ticket to the next round. Um, what I do in those kind of situations, Arash, is I'll set my alarm. So the game started at 1.40 a.m. Pacific. Okay. I set the alarm for 3 a.m. If it's a close game, I stay, okay, I'll, I'll turn it on and I'll, and I'll stay up and watch. But in this case, you know, the U.S. just dominated as they've kind of been doing for the entirety of the group stage um i don't think we've learned much about this united states team though yet they played new zealand who does not have any nba players on the roster jordan who had ronde hollis jefferson who was turning into left-handed kobe bryant but he's not (laughs) in the nba right now and then you have greece who unless i'm forgetting obviously Giannis, but he's not playing and then tenasis and I don't think they have any other NBA players. So what have we learned about Team USA so far in the group stage? Nothing. <laughs> now, the next round yeah. and how this is going to work is it's another group stage. So it'll be the USA, Greece, Montenegro, and Lithuania. Again, I don't really see a challenge from those teams, but they do play good team basketball. Um but really, though, I think the story of this first round was probably Team Canada and mm. Shea Gilgis Alexander and the way that they've looked. I mean, Shea is such a star, and I and I remember thinking back uh, a few years ago when the Clippers made that trade for Paul George, and I looked at the number of first round picks, and obviously, listen, the Thunder had the Clippers in a very uh, unique position. I think they knew at that point that. Um, they couldn't get Kawhi uh, without Paul George. And so they got Shea. I know it's a trade that Jerry West didn't want to make. I know it's a trade that Trent Redden didn't want to make. Uh, When I say that they didn't want to trade Shea. And uh, when you look at his development, I mean, because he showed signs or glimpses of that with the Clippers. Again, 
I don't think he develops like this if he's on a team with Kawhi and Paul George. That being said, I mean, if Kawhi and Paul George are not healthy as they have been, I mean, perhaps he still does. But what have you seen from his development since he got traded? Again, going to a young team where he could blossom and become the guy. But we're seeing in this World Cup, it's one thing to do that on a team that's, you know, maybe below 500 and not going anywhere. I think it's different when you're playing for your country and they have a real shot here. I, you know, like I don't think they're going to beat USA, but I mean, I think they're definitely in contention or in that conversation. Most definitely, Arash. And the craziest thing about Team Canada, and I guess you could also say this about Team USA, they don't have Andrew Wiggins. Really? They don't have Jamal Murray. They have a lot of talent that's still, you know, when yeah. Olympic time comes around, they're going to be a really, really scary group, which they're already a scary group. What I've seen from Shea, a little bit more strength added, a lot more confidence and poise, although he was first team all NBA this year. So he, he, he already had that going into the, to the FIBA World Cup. But man, he is just such a confident individual. And that Oklahoma City team, you know, there's been a term phrase league pass team of the year. Yeah. I think everybody would agree that that's probably the choice because you have him. Chet Holmgren finally going to be playing basketball this season. Jalen Williams, who was runner-up for Rookie of the Year. That team, Josh Giddy, by the way, who's been playing great basketball for Team Australia. Um, that team is going to be so fun to watch. And I don't know if you saw the rumor yesterday, Arash, or the day before, but Giannis had an interview with the New York Times where he basically insinuated that, hey, if things don't pick up in Milwaukee, I could be headed out of town, and we know about the stockpile of draft picks that Sam Presti has had, (laughs) the treasure chest. There's a rumor now circulating, could Oklahoma City capitalize and go Team Shea up with Giannis? How crazy would that be? So that's interesting in in this sense, where basically, um, you know, you're you're doing... you're basically going to Milwaukee and saying, hey, listen, I mean, the writing's on the wall. He's saying it publicly. He's going to the New York Times. He's saying if things don't change, I'm going to leave. Before he just leaves and you don't get anything, you know, take a bunch of these picks. If you're the Thunder, though, I think you're, you're, you're taking a big risk here. Again, no surprise that when he says that the number one team people bring up is the Los Angeles Lakers. And, and you know, this, they just like as much as people want to joke on that, they, they, they have – an amazing track record of getting these superstars, whether it's Shaquille O'Neal or LeBron James or Anthony Davis or, you know, Kareem back in the day. I mean, you know, when, when a big superstar player is not happy where they're currently at, um, the Lakers somehow find a way to swoop in and make a deal or just, you know, like outright in free agency signed a player. The, the, the gamble, (laughs) excuse me, for the Thunder would be, He's going to love it here so much, and we're going to build a winner here around him to the point where he's not going to leave. It's still, and I say this as someone who was born in Oklahoma City, it's still Oklahoma City. And if you're if you're Giannis and you were very loyal to Milwaukee, and by the way, it's not hard to be loyal when you win a championship. I think if they had not won that championship, and by the way, like even two years post that championship, he's already now talking about, like if things don't work my way, 
I may go somewhere else. I mean, the the problem with Milwaukee has been the postseason success, right? I mean, like they they've had regular season success. That you know, so if you're the number one seed in the league or the number one seed in the conference, and you get bounced in the first round or bounced in round two, you know, I mean, I, at some point, do you have to take some blame for that? Because it's not like the team's bad. If you're the GM, our money buckets. If you're Sam Presti, and again. He, a lot of these picks have to be traded. I mean, like we kind of joke, like they, they, they've got a thousand picks. You're not going to make all those picks. So, I mean, the beauty of it is at some point they, they do have to uh, cash in some, some of these chips. Do you take the gamble that Giannis is going to love his time in Oklahoma City so much that he's going to stay there? Because again, that is the gamble that you're making. You're, you're basically telling Milwaukee, you know, you're not going to keep him. We know you're not going to keep him. We think he's going to really love playing with Shea and the young guys that we have here to the point that he, when he has the ability to leave, he's going to stay. And by the way, that did happen with Paul George, right? You know, Paul George did sign that contract extension. Again, unique circumstances where I'm assuming Kawhi called him up and basically said, like, let's do this together back home. If you're Sam Presti or Money Buckets, what, what would you do? The Paul George example is a great example to use. I just think, okay, so if you look at Oklahoma City, you have four franchise players, Shea, Josh Giddy, Jalen Williams, and Chet Holmgren. Do I have to give up what? I'm not giving up Shea. You already know that. Yeah. Out of those three guys, I'm willing to give up one. Two is, you know, I get it, it's Giannis, but if I don't have a guarantee he's staying, I feel like if any of those three guys go to their own franchise, it's going to turn into a Shea situation when Shea went from the Clippers to the Thunder. And I would be scared to have that happen if I was Sam Presti. So I feel like, yes, you're right, Arash. They have to capitalize at some point on these picks and cash in. But man, I would really be you know, hard-pressed to get rid of any of that young core, especially for me personally, I really want to see what Chet Holmgren is before even entertaining any oh, yeah. sort of trade. Chet is, you know, we use that term unicorn loosely, but he kind of is a unicorn with his wingspan and his ability to block shots, hit three-pointers. What Giannis is, though, he is that game-changer. And, you know, you, you Shea is a superstar in his own right, but you pair him with a guy who's in the conversation for being the best player in the league in Giannis, a guy who's won a championship. And I think that that, that means something. I think if you have a guy who walks into a locker room and he puts on that championship ring, uh, that means something. Um, I would do it because here's the thing, and I'm very much a like all in or go home type of a situation. And I think if you are the Oklahoma City Thunder and you can bring in, uh, you know, a, a top five player and pair him with someone who I don't know where you would rank Shea, you know, top top fifteen certainly, maybe even top ten. Um, now you're talking. I think if if you have two of the top ten players in the league, you're in the, the conversation. Now I, I don't know what Chet could be because again we haven't seen him in the league but I think if you have the ability to flip those uh, you know I, I, I don't know how many draft picks they would have to give up but a bunch of uh, first round picks I mean this would essentially be the Paul George trade and by the way that makes sense again when you're talking about Giannis Antetokounmpo I mean if he's not the best He's in that conversation. And so, you know, you're, you're talking about two of your young stars and a bunch of first round picks. And you do that because that enables you to have two of the top 10 players in the league. And 
I'm just telling you, there, there is a big difference. I mean, you know, no, I, I don't know what the ceiling is for Chet, but I mean, it's going to be hard for him to be Giannis. So agree, agreed with that. You know, Arash, obviously you've been doing this for a long time. And Giannis, I have a question to ask you. 28 years old, going to be 29 this upcoming season. Yeah. He's not playing for Team Greece because he had what they deemed a minor knee procedure, a minor knee scope. Arash, in all your years covering sports, <laughs> is there a such thing as a minor knee procedure? Not really, and certainly at that, and again, he's not old, he's in his 20s, but you, you know, when you're getting up there and you're uh, 29, almost 30, and you have your knee scoped, it's not ideal. I do agree. Listen, this World Cup, I don't want to knock it. Uh, there's a lot of countries who are not sending their best players. Even Team USA, we have a lot of fun watching them and what Dawson Reeves is doing. We have not sent our best players from the U.S. for this World Cup. So I, I don't want to, uh, you know, say him not playing in the World Cup is a uh, sign of how he's doing. But now, listen, it's serious. But I think if you're the Thunder, and and maybe like again, I'm I'm very much like I, I'll never fault the Clippers for the Paul George trade, and the reason is they had to do that trade to get Kawhi, and when you do a deal like that, you're in the championship conversation. You know, if you get Kawhi Leonard and you get Paul George, you have a shot. And to be honest, it just I mean like the the bubble is the bubble and if they want to make excuses for that that's on them that was the that that has been the only postseason they have been healthy for and so the fact that they blew a 3-1 series lead to denver that's on them however since that um since that run in the bubble you know Kawhi goes down the following year, uh, you know, it's Kawhi and Paul George are down. The following year, it's, you know, it, it's Kawhi and Paul George. Again, it's just they've never been healthy. So my thing is if you're the Thunder and you could say, hey, guys, like this is our shot and we don't get these kind of shots too often when we're the Thunder. We have a shot to trade for a top five player and uh, let's let's go for it. So that's that's why – it's not a minor procedure, but I'm not allowing that to stop me. You know what I um, would be more inclined to do, and I know this might be a little bit controversial, given the knee scope, given the way that Giannis plays basketball in such an aggressive manner, I would almost, yes, you have to cash in on those picks, but I would almost wait and see what happens in New Orleans with Zion Williamson, because I still have so much optimism with Zion. I know he can't stay healthy. I know all those problems. <laughs> He's also 22 years old. And I feel like if his time is running thin in New Orleans, yeah. I would rather, you know, spend less and acquire a Zion at that age than a Giannis at this stage of his career. Although Giannis is so amazing. It's unique because it's a little bit like a stock where – you know, Zion is still so young where despite the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy, there's so much upside still. And so I'd be curious what the what the trade market is like for someone who, when he has been healthy, has shown what he can do. But again, the sample size is so small and there's no trust that he can stay healthy. That's why whenever um, Anthony Davis has a bad run or he gets hurt, 
You'll you'll hear fans say, "Oh, you, you got to trade him. You, you got to move on from him." I'm like, 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 what are you? What are you going to get from a player who's hurt? What are you going to get from a player who's having a slump? You know. But obviously, when we've seen during the playoffs, when he's when he's playing at his best, and again, the problem is the roller coaster of like amazing game, not so great, amazing game, so so. You know, so when he's at his best, though, when he's having an amazing game and having a thirty you know, 20 night or something like that. It's like, wow, like this is a, a a player who, again, when healthy is in the conversation for best player in the league. So, you know, that's the interesting thing about Zion. Like what's, tell, tell me what you think. Like what, what would be the trade value for someone like that? It would right now. It can't be that high. I mean, the Pelicans have to be, kind of walking on eggshells with the whole situation. He's never been healthy, the off-court stuff. But also, it's like, you just said it, Arash, if you're the Pelicans, you don't want to trade him for 20 cents on the dollar. That's the thing, exactly. I mean, you're never going to see a team do that. So they're they're just going to keep the guy at that point. Unless, unless... I mean, if, if tensions get too high in their, you know, in, in, in the environment in New Orleans, that's the only way I could see it actually happening where they're like, you know what, the juice isn't worth the squeeze. We want to just move on from this situation. We, we, we haven't reached that point yet. But I mean, if we have another half of a season go by and Zion's, you know, played 40% of the games and, you know, he's kind of being the same player he was off the court. It could get to that point where they're like, you know what? We just want to be done with this. Obviously, same thing with John Morant in Memphis. Oh, yeah. You could see them traded for 30 to 40 cents on the dollar and not a huge package. And if you're in Oklahoma City with so much to offer, I would at least make the call because, hey, we have all these assets. You're going to sell him for cheaper. I would rather do that than give up you know, a treasure chest for a guy like I just I hate to say this, though, because I'm such a Giannis believer. (laughs) But that that knee scope really has me concerned, man, because, you know, he's going to be 30. We've seen this in the history of sports, especially guys that can't really shoot the basketball. Yeah, you're relying so much on your athleticism. And when that athleticism starts to wane, what kind of player do you become? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a really good point. And when you talk about someone like Job Morant, for example, I mean, he's on extremely thin ice. I mean, he's lucky he didn't get suspended for half the season. Um, He got suspended uh, for a good amount. Uh, But he's at that point where one more infraction and he's suspended for the year. I mean, they are they they are really going to throw the book at him. And a lot of people thought when the commissioner kind of teased it during the finals, during his uh, you know pre-game one press conference, when he said, you know, it's not fair to the teams, but we have an uh, we have an announcement, and he kind of teased it to the point where you're like, oh, like he's thinking whatever the suspension is is going to steal the thunder from you know no pun intended from the NBA finals. Um, again, it wasn't as heavy as some people thought, but it was, it, it was not light, but it is now to the point where like, again, I don't think Memphis is going to trade him, but the value for someone who is literally one bad mistake away. And again, these mistakes sometimes aren't his mistakes in the sense that he'll be doing something in his car and his friend is on IG live recording him. Like, so this might not even be him showing up to a club with a gun. This might not even be him 
on his IG with a gun. This may just be him. I don't know at home or in the, in the car and, and his friend who's a quote unquote friend. I don't know what kind of friends these are is shoots a video of him or posted on IG and they think IG live disappears. Paul, Paul Pierce can be the first one to tell <laughs> you that they, that they do not. Like if, if you're the thunder, if you're any GM, GM out there, even if you get 50 cents on the dollar for John Morant, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I, right now I wouldn't say it's worth it. Although I am a sucker for a good Instagram picture, and yesterday I don't, I don't know if he posted it, but the picture that was posted that went viral with John ja Morant. Did you see it, Arash? I did not. What was it? It was. I'm, I'm looking it up right now. He, he had a three different T-shirts on. It said gratitude, rebirth accountability and that you know what i'm all in i'm back in (laughs) (laughs) well certainly if it's something that's on his team store maybe you know he's he's trying to promote something you know what that is good those are good those are good positive words to live by and so listen i mean you know he is so much fun to watch watched him during the first round of the playoff series against the lakers so explosive um and again you're you're just hoping that he kind of Buys his way and focuses on the game and, and surrounds himself with uh, good people. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will, we will be joined by the Sporting Tribune, Steve Karp, who is out in New York covering the U.S. Open. He was at the Vegas Aces, New York Liberty game. He's living it up at NYC. We'll talk to Carpy when we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Still clown with the underground when we come around. Welcome back to the Rashmore Kazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And joining us from New York, City, New York, is the Sporting Tribune, Steve Carp. Steve, how are you? I am well. Good to hear you. Good to see you. So uh, you were at, perhaps, I mean, it could be historic. We'll, we'll see. I mean, there was some people who felt this may be Venus Williams' last U.S. Open. It's her 24th. What an incredible run when you think back to when we first saw her play for the first time there. Um, you, you, you'd hate to see her go out that way, but but perhaps that, that is the telltale sign that maybe this should be her last U.S. Open. Uh, Steve, you were there. Uh, your thoughts on what you saw? Steve, you froze on us. Oh, no. 
Let's see if we can get uh, Carpy back or we can unfreeze him. Uh, but yeah, Steve is in New York right now. So we'll see if he can uh, maybe log back in or, or log off. And uh, But it was tough to watch. It was uh, tough to watch Venus Williams um, kind of have a performance like that in a very big stage. Again, I mean, I, I'm thinking back. 24 years when I saw her for the first time make her debut. And Armani Buckets, I, I don't know if you're a big tennis fan yourself, but you know, you, you kind of want to see the greats go out on top, but again, sometimes when the greats stay a little bit longer than perhaps that they should, I mean, this is what happens. It, Carp, are you back? Carpy? I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Uh, thoughts on Venus's match last night? Again, you were there. Uh, just wanted to get your your two cents. Well, I was hoping she could find a way to win and, and move on because she's had such a, a brilliant run at the Open. It was her 100th match played over there, and, and she's always done very well over the years, especially when she you know, won back-to-back in 2000, 2001, and she's playing a, a player who had to go through qualifying just to get into the main draw. But when she got broken the first couple of games on her serve, and the fact she was just really struggling to put winning points together, I, I knew she was in big trouble. And the longer the match went on, the more uncomfortable she looked on the court. And, and obviously, Greet Marin was getting confidence with each point she was winning, each game she was uh, winning. And so, it was to me, it was like watching a fighter well past his prime still trying to throw punches and unfortunately not connecting, but taking a lot of abuse. You know, I, I was thinking like to myself, I'm thinking like, I'm watching Oscar De La Hoya mm -hmm. at the end of his career when Manny Pacquiao, you know, just literally beat the crap out of him and, yeah. and beat him into retirement. But, you know, Green Marin is not Manny Pacquiao, okay, if you want to do a tennis <laughs> boxing analogy. She's like a, you know, she's like a preliminary uh, fighter, you know, fights a four-rounder on, uh, on a club card somewhere. That said... Venus, I think, is in denial, Arash. I really believe she thinks she can still play at a really high quality and level of tennis with the world's best. And, and the reality is she's 43 years old. She's had physical issues, you know, the latest being her knee. You know, she can use that as an excuse all she wants, which I thought was really kind of weak on her part. Just say, hey, you know what? I tried, the other gal just beat me, and that's it. But she refused to say she's retiring. One of the reporters asked her after the, the match, and, and she got kind of snarky with them, as the Williams sisters sometimes tend to do when they don't like a line of questioning. And I just said to myself, well, she can be snarky all she wants. She can be in denial. Her play in the court, basically says who she is at this point, okay? She's simply not good enough to win anymore. 
And, you know, the last time she won, I think I wrote in my column in the Sporting Tribune, was 2016, Arash. Wow. So that's what, seven, eight years ago? Yeah. In Taiwan. <laughs> in some, you know, some small tournament in Taiwan. They probably paid her a boatload of money uh, to appear, and then she won it. All right, good for her. But, you know, you're, you're talking about trying to play with, you know, the best women players in the world who are really, really good. I mean, even Serena, at the end of her run, was struggling to beat some of these gals. So, for Venus, as, as I wrote, I, I think it might be time for her to say goodbye to tennis, get on to the next chapter of her life. She's had a remarkable, a remarkable career. Yeah. I mean, seven, seven majors, two at Flushing, five at Wimbledon. She's got, you know, like 40 million, some crazy number in earnings, lifetime. I mean, she's, she's, they had a movie made about her and her sister. Mm -hmm. I mean, for me, why would you want to tarnish your legacy at this point of your life? All right. What, what's, what's there? I guess here's my question. What is left for her to prove by still trying to play at age 43? Yeah. And, and I think that that's the conversation. Someone, whether it's her sister or someone very close to her has to have with her and say, Hey, listen, you've had this amazing career. Um, what we saw from you on Tuesday night is not you. And we don't want you to go out like this. And, and again, it's, it's, I think, like you said, Steve, I think like it's a boxer who stays a little bit too long, a professional athlete. I mean, it, it's a Hall of Fame career. There's, there's, there's no reason for her to continue uh, like this. Just generally yeah. speaking, Steve, your thoughts being back at the U.S. Open, it's one of the great events. Uh, what was it like? It was what I always expected to be chaotic. <laughs> thousands and thousands and thousands of people coming off the subway, you know, walking to the Billie Jean King Tennis Center, which is a remarkable facility, I yeah. got to tell you. You know, if you ever get a chance, any of our listeners ever get a chance to go, you don't have to be a big tennis fan. Go for the day. Just take in everything that's around the place. There's a history. There's just wonderful things to do. And and these matches on the side courts and, and Louis Armstrong, you know, when I watched Taylor Fritz Who's from Southern California? Uh, a oh, yeah, so, yeah. match. Yeah, you watch a side court. You're like literally five, ten feet from the the court. Mm -hmm. I mean, how are you going to beat that? You can't do that <laughs> in, in, in basketball. Uh, you know, it costs you tens of thousands of dollars to sit like where Jack Nicholson sits in a Lakers game. But you can go and watch, you know, world's best players play you know literally feet away from you no it's amazing uh you pulled the double duty one of the days uh you went to brooklyn yeah. barclays center covered the new york liberty las vegas aces uh you know listen to steve i mean if they meet in the wnba finals it'll be a five game series this season the season series it was 2-2 and new york won game five i mean steve really for the first time this entire season as the las vegas aces have won a league record 30 games for the first time and this happened when i watched this game 
I am not confident that Vegas is going to win the whole thing. I'm confident that they're going to get to the that they're going to get to the the W um, NBA Finals. But for the first time, and I and I know New York's beaten them twice, so it's not like it's the first time. But the fact that they've done it three times, Steve, and quite frankly, convincingly, something something's there. Something's not right. Well, what did you see? We lost. Uh... Let's see if we can get Steve back. He's in a he's in a hotel in uh, in New York, and so you, you get a chance. Um, Armani buckets. I don't know if you watched that game, but the, the Las Vegas Aces are the best team in the in the WNBA. They've won thirty games, and New York Liberty. And again, before the season, like everyone was talking, these are the two super super teams. It didn't pan out that way at the beginning of the year. Vegas just stormed out that they won every game by this big margin. Um, but slowly but surely, the, whether you know they, they've slow played it or whatever, New York has beat them three times and convincingly. And so I don't know what that does to a team. Since I, I mean, if they meet again in the WNBA Finals, I bet you the, 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 the favorite has to be New York at this point. I mean, I don't mean to make this about the NBA, but we, we know Clippers, Lakers, sometimes yeah. you just have a team's number. And yeah. I do think it does affect you psychologically. It doesn't matter what you do against all the other teams. A certain matchup, a certain opponent can really, really hamper your play style. And it seems like that is the case um, with the Aces versus the Liberty. But I'm interested. Yeah, that would be interesting to see what the uh, what the betting odds would be should they meet up later on. Because yeah, I guess you know the head to heads. You would think the Liberty might actually be a slight favorite. Yeah, I mean, you just when you when you go off of the games that they've played, this is the big thing that I go look at when I'm saying who am I going to pick as the winner, who am I going to pick as the favorite. Um, they, they've defeated them handily. Like it's not like it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a last second shot. And and not only that, they went to their house. They went to Vegas. No one beats Las Vegas in Vegas, uh, and they beat him pretty good. So we'll, we'll see how that uh, plays out. We'll, we'll we'll see if we can get Steve back again. He's in his hotel room um, in New York. So we'll kind of transition and and uh, talk about a few other things. Um, you know. We're, we're, we're done with preseason. We're done with week zero. We're done with all that nonsense. Again, we get to technically week one of the college football season. Excited about that. Uh, this is sort of the last Sunday without the NFL. Um, and again, Darmani Buckets, you were out for a little while, but I think Justin Fields has made you a believer again. Um, are you excited about the NFL season starting Sunday? Do you, do you, do you slow play it? Do you not allow yourself to get sucked back in, or how will you approach? So not this Sunday, but beginning next Sunday, it's the National Football League coming back. Are you kidding me, Arash? Do you <laughs> see this right here, right next to me? Bear down. I'm, I'm all in. I mean, listen, I don't know, you know, what Justin Fields is going to look like as a passer, but the fact that we have an exciting quarterback, a quarterback that, you know, is going to be talked about a lot, it's exciting. Um, wow. And just in general, I think the NFL this season is going to be very, very exciting. So 
Yes, I am as excited as can be, and I can't wait to watch your Cowboys on Sunday Night Football Week yeah, 1. we'll see. I don't, I'm not that excited <laughs> for the Cowboys. Uh, we got Carpy back. Uh, Steve, we, we, we were just talking. Uh, I, Vegas has been the prohibitive favorite this entire season. For the first time, I'm yeah. confident they're going to win the whole thing if they match up against New York. Well, what do you think, and what did you see when you watched them play? I saw a team that missed Candace Parker. Ah, yeah. That's what I saw. You know, most nights they don't need her. Against this team, they need her. And they don't, I don't think they can beat New York in a five-game series without Candace Parker. Yeah. She's, you know, she's just too important to what they do, whether it's her leadership, her defensive skills, her rebounding, her supplemental scoring, just her, her on-the-court savvy and IQ. She's a very, very unique player, and that's why they went and got her, okay? So when she's not on the floor and they're playing Sabrina and Janelle Jones and Brianna Stewart and Courtney Vandersloot, I mean, it's a, it's a far more even matchup than normally because when New York played them in June – and the Liberty was still trying to find themselves as a team chemistry-wise, Kansas Parker played, and they blew out the Liberty yeah. in Vegas. These last you know, four games, you know, the, the Commissioner's Cup, the two in New York, the one in Vegas, where you know the Liberty won three of the four, you know, you're not seeing the same Aces team because Kansas Parker – is an important part of the puzzle. Asia Wilson can't be asked to score 53 points every night. Yeah. It's just not going to happen, especially against that team that, that knows how to play her and can actually match up with her. So you better get, like, Chelsea Gray and, and Kelsey Plum and, and Jackie Young making shots on a, a, a really consistent basis. And that just hasn't been the case in these games against the Liberty. Uh, Steve, before we transition into football, wanted to get your thoughts. You wrote the feature story on um, Austin Reeves when Team USA had training uh, in Vegas. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the guy continues to develop to the point where people are saying he could be the best player among the team, uh, which is just shocking. Uh, again, we, we're, we're very high on him here in Los Angeles because there's some Laker fans here. But Steve, and again, I don't know if you got a chance to see some of these games, but it just—it just seems he improves every uh, game. Uh, what did you glean just from sitting down with him and talking with him, and what do you expect from him this upcoming year? I thought he would be a, a really good part of this thing for Steve Kerr because he's very versatile. He's able to accept whatever role you assign him. And he's very adaptable. So he can fit in. And, and remember, this is a very talented group of players on Team USA. This isn't, uh, you know, just a, a throw together, let's roll out the ball and play. They, these guys have talent. And, you know, this is kind of our future. And for him to be part of it and thriving in this environment yeah. tells me that, you know what, if I'm the Lakers – I'm glad I signed this guy to an extension because, you know, LeBron's not playing forever. 
We yeah. all know this, okay? He's not Venus Williams, by the way. He shouldn't call it quits yet. But at some point, he will. And Austin Reeves is going to be part of this transitional phase that the Lakers will go through. Hopefully for Laker fans, it's a brief one. But at some point, you know, LeBron is going to have to call it quits. And Austin Reeves is not going anywhere. So, yeah, I like what he does. And he obviously, he plays smart. He has ability. I think defensively, he's a better player than he gets credit for, too. Yeah. Now, maybe it's because he's playing on this team with this group of guys. And, you know, it's not like where your defenders tend to show up almost every night and people can exploit it. But I think for what he has done, I'm sure it's really helped his confidence, by the way, being part of this Team USA uh, squad that's in the World Cup. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was a good choice by Grant Hill to bring him into the national team program. And I think it will benefit the Lakers when he returns from the experience he got playing in the World Cup. No doubt about that. Steve, last two minutes, the Raiders made their final cuts before the beginning of the uh, season. So preseason's over, training camp's over, the cuts have been made. Mm -hmm. Uh, What were some of the surprise cuts or one in particular, perhaps? And your thoughts on this team uh, going into the season? I was hoping that Adam Plant, the kid from UNLV, the edge rusher, I was hoping he would find a way to, to stick. Now, he may make the practice squad, but anyway, he didn't make it. And and obviously, you know, Aiden O'Connell played really well the preseason. So that, I, I think, is a surprise for everybody because he was a fourth-round pick out of Purdue. I don't know that anybody really thought he could make any kind of an impact, but he has. So I think he's probably the backup to Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, overall, I I think the Raiders got better. I think, obviously, getting Josh Jacobs back on the field is important, even though Zimmer White did a great job during training camp and into the preseason. But, you know, they're going to face an interesting test right off the bat with Russell Wilson and and Denver. So. Uh, I, I think they'll be better. Yeah. They got a little more depth than they've had. And I think McDaniels now in his second year understands his personnel better. I think they know his system better. So I'm optimistic the Raiders, I don't know if they're good enough to make the playoffs, but I think they're good enough to have a winning season. Yeah, it'll it'll be very exciting and just excited to have uh, real football back. No more preseason, no more training camp. So excited for the beginning yeah. of the season and excited for you to be out there for all the uh, the games as well. Uh, Steve, safe travels back home. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.